Hey, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world, of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. So today I want to talk about authenticity and what it means to be authentic and the art of being authentic. So let's jump into it. The reason I see being authentic as an art form is because it does require a level of skill, flexibility, wisdom, and maturity. And the reason I say that is because in every given situation, in every conversation, in every moment that we have or we experience, there is a certain amount of authenticity that is required from us to present to that moment, conversation, or situation. For example, if today I'm pulled over by a cop, right? And I'm in a nice car, I'm in a nice neighborhood, and I'm pulled over. And my authentic response in that moment would actually be to question the cop. Like, why are you pulling me over? What do you need? Why did you pull me over randomly? I wasn't even speeding. It's to kind of inquire into why he's pulling me over because my authentic feelings to being pulled over in that moment are going to be anger, frustration, and some level of disappointment as well. So understanding that, so when we see authenticity as a skill form in that given moment, right? Me being pulled over, the authentic response is to respond with anger, disappointment, all these things that are authentic to me in that moment. But that is not the wisest thing to do, right? So what would be the wisest thing to do is actually to present a different expression of authenticity, which would one be, I acknowledge my authentic feelings in this moment, and I also acknowledge the reality of my situation, of my given reality, right? Me being a person of color, the cop not being a person of color, and just understanding the reality of that and what is the wisest thing to do, right? And from there, I can embrace my authentic feelings after pulling off and just being frustrated or screaming or being really upset about the situation or calling one of my friends or my girlfriend and telling her about it, right? I can then tap and access into those feelings that I couldn't access in that given moment because it actually, the moment didn't actually require it. The moment required me to actually have control over my feelings, to actually implement some level of wisdom 
right? So we have these moments all of the time at work. Maybe we have a boss we don't like, right? And they're saying certain things about our performance and things that we don't really want to hear. Our authentic feelings are going to be frustration, defensiveness, disappointment, anger, whatever it is, right? But we know that's not the wisest thing to do. So from this, you can see what I mean by there is an art form to what we call being authentic. There's a way in which we naturally understand that in every situation, there is only so much of myself and only so much of my authenticity that I can actually present. But that doesn't mean I'm not being authentic. It just means that I'm able to hold multiple conflicting truths at once. Right. And this is where mastery comes into play. This is why I call it a level of maturity, because that level of maturity and mastery allows me to notice that, hey, me being upset right now is very valid. Right. And legit. And me knowing that me expressing my anger and upsetness is not also the wisest thing to do. So both of these can coexist. And then I take an action that allows me to maintain both of those, those conflicting truths, right? So again, it's an art form. But let's get into why most people don't know how to skillfully be authentic in moments and given situations and uh, conversations. And I'm going to use Kanye West as an example. No matter your views about who he is, no matter your position on what he's saying, I don't really have a stance on what he's saying or his position. I'm just tuning into the energy of what he's embodying. And there's this level of authenticity, right? And that is obvious. But what I see it as is this performative authenticity, right? And this is where I would say a lot of people are at, and I'm going to talk about the other expression of it, but the performative authenticity looks like us letting the world know that we're being authentic, that we're broadcasting it to the world. Like, I'm authentic. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm true to myself. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm rooted in my values. These are my values. And then we broadcast our values, our beliefs, our ideas to the world, right? So they know who we are, right? But there's this level of performance that is underneath it all, right? Because we're protesting and we're performing. We're wanting so desperately for people to see us as our quote unquote true selves, right? And this is, I'm only using Kanye as an example because he's kind of announcing this to the world. This is what I think about this. These are my authentic feelings about this. This is my stance on this political issue, right? There's this broadcast, right? This aggressive broadcast of my authenticity, right? And the reason that this isn't really authentic and it's performative is because when we do that, right, 
we're broadcasting our ideas, what we also end up doing is oversharing, right? Because again, now we're bringing too much authenticity to the given moment. And like I said before, there is a right amount of authenticity that you can present in every moment, but it requires maturity and wisdom. So I'm bringing too much authenticity in a moment. And that looks like me oversharing, right? Me just talking for 20 minutes without listening to anybody else speak, right? Me just so concerned with being seen. I'm so concerned with being accepted. I'm so concerned with being validated that I over-explain myself, that I overshare my feelings, that I talk over people, right? And that I ignore their limits. I ignore their boundaries. I ignore their needs. I ignore the need for consent before I share explicit details of my life, my trauma, my beliefs on a, a controversial uh, situation, right? I don't honor people because I don't ask for consent. I don't say, are you available for this? Are you open to hearing me talk about this, right? And this is why this is not authenticity. Because when we're being authentic, we're also in touch with our values. But there is one value that all humans share. And that value is connection. Each of us value connection, which also means we value our ability to empathize and connect to other people. But if I'm being authentic, quote unquote, but I'm losing sight of everyone else around me, that's not very authentic, is it? Because my ability to be authentic is rooted in my ability to not only see myself, but to see others, to see those that are around me, to see those that I'm connecting with, to see how my truth, right, my opinion is impacting those around me. And how can I be mindful of that? So the, the scary part about that for most people is, oh my God, I'm shrinking myself for other people. I care so much about their opinion that I'm going to shrink what I feel about it, right? Which is completely a trauma response. Because what has happened to people like Kanye West, what's happened to most people that kind of take this very aggressive approach, this performative approach to being authentic is because they've lost sight of themselves, right? At a certain phase in their life, they were catering to other people's needs. They were shrinking themselves to make other people feel comfortable. They were operating in this people-pleasing manner where they cared about the needs of other people over themselves, right? And so there's this rebellious nature to approaching authenticity now, right? Because it's like, fuck it, I'm going to be authentic no matter what. Because what it really is, is that they're upset at themselves. They're not upset at the world. They're upset at themselves that they didn't have boundaries, right? In those situations, they didn't have boundaries. They lost sight of themselves. They didn't check in with their bodies and say, hey, how does this feel when I extend myself this way? When I shrink my truth in this way? When I disregard my values for this connection, right? 
How does that feel for me? Does that feel good? No. How can I say no in this moment, right? That feels empowered, but also respectful. They weren't doing that level of check-in with themselves and their body and their truth. So there becomes this rebellious nature to not allowing anyone to ever walk over them. And so what happens is now they're so anchored in seeing themselves that they're no longer seeing anybody else. And the problem with this is that it can easily, quickly, and gradually lean into another repackaged expression of narcissism, right? where it becomes all about us. But in truth, we just want to be validated and accepted in our authenticity, in the truth of who we are. But we go to such an extreme measure because the pain of not being authentic to ourselves in moments where we wish we were is now charging what we believe is our authentic approach. Now let's talk about the too little authenticity because either people flip between either one right? And most people that operate from that aggressive authenticity are usually coming from experiencing the pain of not presenting any authenticity to a given moment. So that looks like me, like I mentioned earlier, just not presenting myself, not asserting my value, not asserting my worth, not allowing my genius to come through, my uniqueness to be expressed, right? Because I'm contorting myself to make other people comfortable. Because I know my uniqueness might trigger something in somebody else. I know my values may trigger, might threaten somebody else's core beliefs. I know this, right? So I can't move through that discomfort. I can't endure that discomfort. I can't move through that guilt or possible shame. So I'm going to shrink myself. I'm going to disown these values temporarily. I'm going to abandon all of these aspects of myself that could make the other person uncomfortable, right? And this is another form of people-pleasing and emotional caretaking. And so this is obviously harmful and unhealthy. But what I want people to notice in this conversation is that both sides of it are harmful and unhealthy. That too little authenticity is just as harmful as too much of it, right? And so we can see that there is a such thing as too much authenticity. But when you get into too much of it, it's not really authentic anymore. So it's understanding that in everything in our lives, there is a right amount that we can present, even water. Right? If I present too much water to my body, there's a such thing as presenting and giving my body too much fucking water. Right? There's a thing as giving my body too much fucking oxygen. Right? If I just breathe in air the whole time, inhaling, 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 with no exhale, yeah, I will suffocate. If I just hold my breath for two hours, that's too much oxygen. So the body informs us of this balance, of this flexibility. It's really just a flexibility because trying to reach balance is just a form of perfectionism. There's no balance. You can't achieve balance. You're not God. You're not nature. You're a human being with imperfections, right? So it's about flexibility. It's about being able to shift gears. It's about being able to hold multiple different 
conflicting truths all at once. That's flexibility. And that flexibility is what we think when we say, I want to be so balanced. I want to be balanced in both of these things. It's like, you can't, bro. But you can be flexible. You can be able to shift between each one and know which one is needed for every given moment, right? Because there will be a different aspect of you that is required in every different situation, right? If I'm at a funeral, a part of me that's loud and wants to have fun, that wants to just be free, right? And be raw. That isn't going to be the one I present to a funeral, right? I'm going to bring the one that's more modest, that's more stoic, that might be a little more collected, that might be a little more uh, silent and introverted, right? Because that is the aspect of myself that is needed for that situation. So it's an art form. It's a skill. And for people who have been chronic people pleasers throughout their whole fucking lives, have this fear about keeping others in mind. Because it's like, oh my God, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser again. I'm not trying to shrink myself to comfort other people anymore. And it's like, no, there's this fear around empathizing with other people's experience now. And it's like, that's not what you're doing. There's a difference between contorting yourself, right, to somebody else's preferences, right? It's orientating yourself to their emotions, their feelings on the situation, and enmeshing your authentic energy, your uniqueness with that, right? That's the trauma response. That's the people pleasing, right? If somebody's sad, if somebody's upset about my opinion on something, I jump out of my body and contort myself right? And I end up fawning so that they no longer have that experience because I feel responsible for their emotions, right? That's the trauma response. What I'm talking about is acknowledging, right? The other person in the room. If I'm speaking about an issue that might trigger somebody, that might hurt my partner, my partner has a lot of very strong views about the world, about what is going on with the disempowerment of women, what's going on in specific industries, right? Me acknowledging that doesn't mean that I'm contorting myself to meet her preferences, to shrink into a version of myself, a little character of myself that is more safe for her right? But actually leads me to abandon myself. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just understanding that, hey, in this situation, we have different opinions about it. But how can I approach that conversation, right? That feels authentic for me, but also doesn't allow me to forget my partner. That doesn't allow me to lose sight of her, right? And how these conversations may impact her. And how do I do that? That's by asking for consent. It's by saying, hey, can we talk about that thing that, you know, I'm really passionate about, but I know you kind of feel a different way about. Can we talk about that? There's something I've really, really been dying to kind of like uh, debate about or kind of go back and forth about in a constructive way that would help me see something new, I think. 
or I'm really curious about your opinion on this because I know I see it this way, but I know you have a different view about it. There's this level of consent that I'm looking for because I know for myself, this is what I want. I'm fulfilling a need for myself, but also I'm keeping in mind the other person's boundaries, limits, right? And needs. And I'm opening up a dialogue for them to also express those boundaries, needs, limits, and expectations, right? I'm opening up a dialogue. And when those conflict with my authenticity, when those conflict with my own peace, when those conflict with me being true to myself, that is when my boundaries, my needs, my expectations, and my limits come into play. But you see, there's a beautiful dialogue that happens. There's a beautiful discussion that is open because we're both checking in with ourselves and we're creating an environment of safety in which both people are able to tune into their bodies, are able to be honest about what they're feeling and are able to just say, hey, that doesn't work for me or no, I'm not okay with that or yes, let's go into that, right? So both people are seeing themselves. And both people are seeing the other person in front of them. So it's it's about understanding that there's, there's, there's an art to all of this. And that's what I feel is the art of being authentic. And it requires us to no longer be afraid, of course, of making other people uncomfortable. And also understanding if we have an intent of making people uncomfortable, because we want to be authentic so bad that we want to be controversial. We want to have differing opinions and we want to let the world know that we view this differently than them, right? We want to stand out so bad. We want to be so authentic, right? It's like, where are you coming from? Like, what is leading you to do that? What is motivating that desire? So it's just about being honest, honesty with ourselves and being real about how our past has impacted us. You know, if we knew we were chronic people pleasers, there's a rage, there's a resentment, there's a frustration. But nine times out of 10, it has little to do with the other person. And more to do with ourselves, because who are we really upset at? Are we really upset at the other person for dishonoring us, for walking all over us? Or are we really upset at ourselves for not placing boundaries, for not listening to our bodies, for not listening to our gut, for not expressing our limits? for forcing ourselves outside of our window of tolerance. Who are we really upset at? And we have to be honest about that because if we make it about the other person, we'll continue to loop into this space of blaming, right? Where we're just blaming other people for our own choices and actions. That's disempowering. Because we're saying that they should have known that we weren't okay with that. They should have known to ask us if this was okay, right? And it's like, no, you should have known 
to listen to your body, you should have known that you weren't okay with having that conversation. You should have known that you weren't okay with doing that. So the responsibility always falls on you because you're the only expert on yourself. Nobody else is. So it's your responsibility to communicate and inform others about your internal experience. Inform other people about your window of tolerance, about your capacities. And then you can see if they can rise to meet you there, rise to accept those parts of yourself. And this is where that desire, that desperate desire to be authentic actually begins to shift into this desire to be sincere. Because there's something about sincerity that presents itself as not only deeply genuine, but also free of agendas, free of dishonesty, free of facades and masks. And I think for each one of us, that is what we aspire to present, right? And that presentation, quote unquote, of ourselves actually inspires that in other people. So that's why I think when we're actually being authentic, we're simultaneously being sincere. Because as I explained before, these other two extremes are far from authentic. When we're in that middle place, we come back to our own space of sincerity, how sincerity manifests for us, and how does that look like when it's expressed through us. And that's why when we're sincere, we're actively listening to other people, right? We're keeping in mind their point of views, their limits, their needs. We're keeping them in mind. And we're also being very, very genuine about where we're at and honest and upfront about that. And each of these expressions create what I feel as sincerity in every given moment, right? If we can keep these things in mind. And I feel that level of sincerity is actually, is actually a step above authenticity. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a review or share this with somebody else that you know would deeply resonate with it. And with that, thank you again for tuning in to this episode and allowing me to be a part of your day. I wish you a beautiful evening or a beautiful day. Peace.